Chris Brooks here, and I want to thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Did you know that we are funded by the generosity of listeners just like you? Can you help us? Partner with the ministry of Equip by calling 888-644-4144 or on equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. TGIM, thank God it's Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. Why don't you strap on your seatbelt? We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Hey, friends, welcome to this wonderful edition of Equip. It's going to be interactive. So let me give you the phone number, 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. Today, love to be your prayer partner. And in particular, for those of you who are struggling to find peace, maybe even struggling to sleep at night. You know, I believe that God grants rest for our souls. I believe that the Bible is clear about that. In Psalm 4 and 8, you read these words, In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. But I've gone through sleepless seasons. I've gone through seasons where maybe I slept, but I certainly didn't sleep easy. So what's the key to sleeping easy at night? What's the key to having peace in your soul that allows you to rest? That's what we're going to talk about today. And maybe you need help in that area. Maybe you need prayer or encouragement. We'd love to be your prayer partner. Come alongside of you today at 877-LIVE-675-877-548-3675. Well, my guest today would argue, and I would agree with him, that the key to resting easy at night, to trusting in God and living with confidence is to focus on God's greatness. But how do we know God's greatness? How do we observe God's greatness? Well, I would say it is not just in the things that he can do, but what about in the things that God can't do? Now, before you turn that dial and say, this sounds pretty heretical, saying that there's things that God can't do, I'm going to share with you the fact that Scripture reinforces that there are certain things that God cannot do, and we need to rejoice in it because it helps us to be mindful of His greatness. That's the title of uh, Nick Tucker's new book, 12 Things God Can't Do and How They Can Help You Sleep at night. Reverend Dr. Nick Tucker is vicar of Bishop Hannington Church, a Christian evangelical Anglican church in Hove, uh, East Sussex, UK. That's United Kingdom. He previously taught church history and Christian doctrine at Oak Hill Theological College. And today he joins me to talk about his newest book, 12 Things God Can't Do. Nick, how are you, sir? Hi, Chris. I'm well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. 
hey, thanks for joining us. Thanks for writing the book. So let's start with this focus on things that God can't do. That seems to be a uh, counterintuitive way of expressing God's greatness. Share with us what's the uh, origin story behind this wonderful book. Well, um, a few years ago, I was asked to give some talks on the doctrine of God at a conference and there were a number of uh, possible seminars that people could go to, and my track was one of them. And I wanted to come up with uh, a title that would draw people in. Uh, but I also wanted uh, to help people to think, because I think we're, we're so used to uh, thinking of uh, God uh, and his His power in terms of things that he can do. But when um, the early church was really wrestling with uh, the doctrine of God, it was often the things he, he couldn't do that, that really... Uh, you know, caused them to 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 think and to wrestle with his greatness uh, in a way that goes beyond just what we would naturally think. So, you know, the fact that God can't die, the fact that God can't be tempted, the fact that God can't lie, those things aren't really limitations. They're actually signs of his greatness, but they're also signs of how different from us he is. Uh, and it's in that sort of difference, in that in, in the fact that he's he's glorious, not just in in a way that he's like us, but bigger. Uh, but he is he is different from us in a way that makes him sort of unspeakably and unimaginably wonderful and glorious. And so I wanted uh, the people who came to the seminar to really get hold of that and uh, and be transformed by it uh, and to be able to uh, really rest in it. Uh, because I think in the end, that's that's what sort of sleep and rest are, are really about. They're about trusting God for who he is uh, and uh, seeing ourselves as smaller and him as greater. You know, there's a lot of ways to express your hope for the reader of your book, but you're really mm. serious about this whole thing of sleeping in peace at night and mm. living our days with confidence, aren't you? Uh, you know, I really am. Um, partly because I think, you know, there's this sort of mysterious commandment in the middle of uh, the Ten Commandments where, where God tells his people that they've got to, to rest, and it's a really, really serious thing. Uh, and um, uh, and then you know you read Psalm uh, Psalm four. I'm really amazed about Psalm three, in which David describes his kind of you know deep night sleep uh, when he's being pursued by an army. Uh, and uh, it it just strikes me that it's one of the it's actually one of the sort of marks of um, you know really trusting in God that, that that we can rest in you know very extreme circumstances sometimes. But you know that we can we really can trust Him. You know, Jesus says, doesn't he, to his disciples, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, and um, uh, and I think, you know, that, that, that so it's a really important thing. And um, I think it's something that, that comes really with, with knowing God for who he is. And if you trust him, you don't have to be in control and you can let go and you can sleep. Uh, and trust him to watch over you and not feel that you have to hold on to everything and uh, and control everything and pull all the strings of your life. In many ways, your book is about the character or characteristics of God, the, the qualities of God uh, that yes. you invite us to meditate on, to think about deeply. Why is it important for us to know God's character? Uh because in the end, that's what we were made for. Um, <laughs> you know, God God uh, made us for himself. In, in, in Colossians 1, talks about how, um, you know, all things were made by Jesus and for 
Jesus. And um, we're made in God's image to have this relationship with him. But to have a relationship with someone, you really need to know them. Uh, and because God is so great, uh, he the, it, one of the one of the chapters in the book is is you know, God can't be seen, um, and this idea of God being invisible might not seem like something to to, to sort of focus on or celebrate, um, and yet that's the whole structure of Paul's let, first letter to Timothy is really sort of woven around this idea that God is invisible, and Paul kind of bursts out in praise and praises the God who can't be seen, and that's you know the. the, the the roots of that that great old hymn, Immortal, Invisible. But the, because God cannot be seen, we can only know him uh, through his scriptures and through him speaking to us. Uh, and uh, so as we sort of focus on what God tells us about himself, we really get to know him. Uh, and that is uh, eternal life, says Jesus, eternal life to know you and the one you have sent. So, um, yeah, so sort of digging into the scriptures and, and trying to say, well, what does God tell us about himself? How can we, what, what, what do we really know about him? How do we... How do we know him truly? Not just what we imagine him to be, but what he actually is. Uh, and that's really, you know, the heart of the book. That's what I'm really trying to, to sort of wrestle with. And I'm a big believer that if uh, a proposition is true, then the opposite must be false. And so if meditating and knowing the character of God helps us to rest easy, reminds us of his greatness, enables us to live in confidence, then it seems that it would follow, Nick, that not knowing the characteristics of God, not knowing what God cannot do, would lead us then to anxiety, a lack of confidence, worry, fear, and even sin. Is that right? Well, I think that's that's exactly right. And and it's funny that you, I suspect it's deliberate that you, that you go to the idea of, of, of sin. I think if you go back to, to Genesis chapter 3, Really, the, the the serpent's approach to Eve is to call her into questioning the character of God. You know, is God a liar? Does God want to uh, keep the best things back from you because he doesn't really love you? He doesn't really want to bless you. You know, that sort of, did God really say, you know, you won't surely die. God's lying. He just knows that you'll be like him and, and he doesn't want a rival. Um, you know, the heart of all sin in the end, I think, is that. It is that questioning of the character of God. And trying to put something else in his place, or or just not believing that he is who he who he says he is, uh, and so yes, I think you're you're exactly right. Not knowing God for who he is does you know result in sin, but but as you say, it also results in this kind of restless striving, uh, and um, you know this this kind of worry about tomorrow. All these things that Jesus says, you know, fear not, little flock. You know, if only we will we will trust God for who He is, and for, you know that He really will keep the promises that He's made, uh, then um, we can live in peace and security. Yeah, yeah, I love what Richard Cunningham says about your book. He says a breathtaking tour of the doctrine of God. Everyone should read this. But you know, my my heart pauses for just a moment because I've been teaching uh, theology long enough to know that for some hearing that phrase, doctrine of God, feels intimidating. Uh, The whole thought of studying doctrine doesn't seem invitational to many. Why is it that this book uh, is approachable? What case would you make to the person who says, I'm not into maybe the deep study of theology on why they should read your book? Well, it's, it's written to be, you know, accessible to 
you know, as many people as possible. It's a, it's a funny thing at the moment, actually, in, in, in our church. I've just started here recently as the pastor, and um, we've got a, a group of people who've done a, a kind of introduction to Christianity course, a kind of, you know, the Alpha course, and um, we're just really conscious that, you know, they've, they still, there are brilliant things about that course, but it doesn't actually tell you who who God is. It doesn't, you know, sort of dig down into those sorts of things. So we're trying to use the book with that group of people to sort of help them to think about some of the deeper questions uh, about the Christian faith. But they, they wouldn't all be people yes. who do a lot of reading. They wouldn't all be people who are, you know, well, none of them are massively into theology. They're, they're exploring the Christian faith for the first time. Uh, and the, um, you know, there, there are difficult concepts in the book and things that the gracious minds have, have wrestled with. But I think one of the things is the, the aim with the book is to be quite a leveler and to say, you know, this is this is the sort of thing that will actually, you know, stretch your mind just as much if you're, you know, someone who, who who's who's not really academic and, 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 and doesn't really sort of think in these kinds of terms. But actually, even if you're the, the sort of cleverest person who's ever lived, actually, this will stretch your brain every bit as much. Yes. Uh, yes. But it's, it's um, yeah, the chapters are short. It's conversational in tone. It's intended to be you know, accessible and, and, and practical. Uh, and, um, yeah, so I deliberately haven't called it a, a sort of doctrine of God. I think that would be a fairly grand. I mean, Richard's very generous and, and, and kind in, the, in describing it that way. But I think it, you know, it, it, it is it is intended to be introductory to sort of just open things up from, uh, you know, a simple question or a, or a simple, you know, observation from a piece of scripture uh, and and to let people sort of follow along so one of the things that folks in the church here have said to me is that they've they've sort of set off at a gallop and read it very fast and then thought actually no maybe if i read a chapter slowly <laughs> that'll be better well but it you is, know it really you know. is a gift nick to be able to write um something that is on the one hand concise and it's dealing on the other hand very much um correct in its definition and explanation of the topic. Those two things typically are at war with one another, and you do <laughs> yeah. a beautiful job of, uh, of bringing that together. And so, friends, I want to encourage you to consider getting a copy, your own copy of Nick's book. Nick Tucker is the author, 12 Things God Can't Do is the name of the book, and, and how all of these things can help you to sleep at night. And I was serious when I started this program out asking the question, have you been struggling to sleep at night or at least sleep easy at night? You know, recently I took a, a sleep test. My doctor wanted me to take a sleep test. And, uh, man, it was revealing of a number of things for me. And so maybe today I want you to take your own self-examination and they say, has my heart been anxious? Have I been fearful? Have I lost sight of the goodness of God's grace? There is a deep connection between insomnia and anxiety. Well, today we want you to experience the peace of God that comes from knowing his greatness. And we're going to talk about these 12 things that God can't do on the other side of this break. To join the conversation, for us to pray with you, 877-LIVE-675. Call now. We'll be right back. When we desire God above all things, sin falls away and we become passionate and fruitful in our Christian life. What can we do when we find ourselves without this joy in the Lord? 
This is a common struggle, which is why I chose John Piper's book, When I Don't Desire God, as our impact gift for this month. It's yours when you give a gift of any size to equip. Simply call 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org and find your way back to faith-sustaining, everlasting joy. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. The Bible tells us that the God who watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. So since God can't sleep, that means you and I can. That's good news because we know he's watching over us. Nick Tucker has put together a great book, 12 Things God Can't Do and how they can help you sleep at night. We're taking your calls at 877-LIVE-675, praying with you, as well as hopefully building your faith and confidence in an almighty, all-loving, grace-filled God who is more than willing to extend that grace to you and I today. Nick, uh, what, if any, surprises did you encounter in writing this book? Obviously, you go into it knowing and expecting certain things deeply, but maybe there's some things that caught you by surprise or were beautiful reminders that aren't often taught in the church. Any of those for you? I suppose um, just reflecting on the temptation of Jesus uh, was was one of those things. So um, for, for, for those who haven't seen the book, as well as, and having these things that God can't do, I, I put in these interludes of uh, things that Jesus, though he is the eternal son of God, because of the incarnation, because it, because he became uh, truly a human being, uh, that he did do, um, the biggest of those, of course, being that he died. But I think focusing on, on, on the fact that he actually was tempted um, when God cannot be tempted by evil, so that he really understands my life. He understands, you know, that the, the, the sort of pain of temptation and actually has, has seen it right through to the end. I think that's something perhaps I don't think about a great deal, uh, but in, in reflecting on that, um, you know, I, I think I was filled with wonder. The writer to the Hebrew says, because he suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help uh, those he has come to save. And and I think, you know, that, that, was, a, that was a great encouragement to me Actually, partly that temptation is something that can be overcome. Uh, I, I quote Oscar Wilde in the book. You know, he said, "I can resist anything tempt- but temptation," and I think a lot of us feel like that sometimes. But, <laughs> um, but, 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 but actually, you know, Jesus shows that there is another way. But also, he went through. You know, if he resists temptation, it does get it gets more painful rather than less. But he saw it all the way through to the end, uh, and um, the end being his crucifixion you know that was the great temptation for him was to avoid the cross that's i think the agony in the garden of gethsemane uh and um and i suppose yeah recognizing that jesus was tempted for me yet he overcame you know he is he has he has he has won the battle uh, with sin and temptation uh, in lots of different ways he's paid the price for it but he's also sort of suffered the worst that it has to throw at him uh, and he's done that for me so that i can have this new life i can be a new creation I can belong to this this sort of new human race that he's creating, which is, uh, you know, destined to be completely free from sin and and free from that sort of awful uh, baggage of uh, of sin and temptation that I carry around with me every day. So uh, that was, I think, was that a surprise? I suppose it was, a, you know, something I knew, but it was a actually a really, 
encouraging and, and helpful reminder to me as, as I was sort of going through writing the book, yeah. Before we go to the phone lines, I, I want to just deal with one of the elephants in the room, if we could, Nick. Okay, yeah, Some yeah. might say, man, this is a pretty bold undertaking to <laughs> write a book on the doctrine of God. After all, you and I can't fully, exhaustively understand God. Why should that reality not only be affirmed, but bring us comfort? And. Um, because uh, I, I suppose I'd put it like this, that the, the fact that we can't fully grasp uh, who God is, uh, is is a great comfort because uh, partly it means that we, we couldn't make him up. So um, the God that I can fully understand is the God that I can create for myself. Uh, but the God who is there is is bigger than my mind. Um, so that's a huge comfort. It's also a huge comfort to know that given that no one, no one could begin to get towards, you know, encompassing the whole of god with our tiny little human uh, consciousness and um, that that helps me to remember that i'm not I, I, i'm not saved by uh, what i know or by you know being clever or by learning information uh, but i'm i'm saved by the fact that god loves me and and gives me his grace so i think you know for, for, for thinking people sometimes that's a real worry you know that thought that i've got to get everything absolutely right otherwise i, I can't possibly uh, be safe but actually my salvation depends on jesus and on his grace it doesn't depend on uh you know my being able to sort of answer a quiz about uh, about who god is and um, it's about a relationship with him not about passing an exam so i think uh, for me that's as, as someone who's sat a lot of exams over the years that's a real comfort um yeah, yeah. sorry go on. yeah i was just gonna say i i love the fact that um god is not based off of my um, my ability to pass a quiz or a test, that yeah. my comfort comes from his love and his grace towards me. And I can, mm -hmm. through faith, know that he loves me deeply in spite of maybe my inability to figure out some of the things that he does and why he does it. We just came off of a pretty significant election here and right. yeah. uh, in, in, in the U.S. And People are kind of trying to do analysis on the outcome, and I don't have to have all of it figured out. God, why did this go this way or that way? What I do know yeah. is that he is fully and sovereignly in control, and I can rejoice in that. Let's go to the phone lines. Emily is listening in Florida. Thank you so much for calling. How can we pray for you today? Emily, are you there? Hello. Well, we may... Hey, are you are you there? What's your question today? Yeah, I'm here. Um, yeah, I was just. Um, I thank you so much for your program. Sure. Um, I was talking to my son yesterday, and he was saying he was having anxious thoughts about and trouble sleeping and thinking about the future. And I wondered if you had any um, advice or words of encouragement sure. for him to help him sleep. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Um, uh, let's let's start this way, Nick. Uh, as as parents, how do we help our children? I think your book actually is written in such a a, a creative way that it, it actually lends itself towards talking to these uh, to our children about the twelve things God can't do. But what would you say to our sister? And um, I, I one of the things I talk to uh, my kids about is the the sort of idea of. You know when you watch a film with someone who's already uh, who already knows what the ending is, 
And um, it can be a really tense film book because they've seen it already. They're quite relaxed. Uh, and um, I think knowing that God knows the end of the story and that God promises that the end of the story is is good uh, and um, and actually better than good, it's, it's the best possible outcome. Uh, because we know that he knows and we can trust him, uh, I think just sort of praying that we can trust the God who knows, you know, the end of the story from the beginning, who, who knows that even though the, the, the middle of the story might be quite scary, uh, actually the end is a happy one. I, I find that that's quite a, a sort of helpful way for me to think about things, to know, I know how this ends. I don't have to worry about, you know, however bad it might seem in the middle. Uh, yes. I know where we're going and I know who's taking us there so I can trust him. I trust the driver. You know, I trust the, the, the person who's getting us to the end of this journey. So good. I pray that for you, Emily, and for your your son, that he would know that God's in control, that he would know that God knows the end of the story and that he is faithful to him. Father, we lift up uh, your daughter, and we pray that you would give her heart comfort and that that comfort that comes from knowing you would be something she could share with her son as he navigates through all of the questions of life that come to us when we are young, in particular when we are embarking upon new endeavors in new places, may she encourage her son to find peace in the same place she does as she looks upon you and as she looks into your face through your word and sees the eyes of love that comforts her heart, may her son do the same. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. amen. Maybe you need um, encouragement today for us to pray with you. Why don't you give us a call at 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. So how are you sleeping at night? Are you missing sleep or are you not sleeping easy at night? Has worry and anxiety uh, captured your heart and disrupted your rest? Well, today... We want you to live confidently, to sleep easy at night. And I believe Nick Tucker's book will help you to do that by reminding you of how great our God is. 12 things God can't do. Find out more at equipradio.org. Also, if we've been a blessing to you, can you stand with us with a generous year-end tax-deductible gift? Call now, 888 888- 644-4144 or visit our website equipradio.org As a dad, a friend, and a neighbor, I share your concerns over the growing problems in our culture. That's why on Equip, we tackle the tough issues, learning how to respond with grace and truth. We're looking for like-minded partners to stand with us. Would you be willing to become an Equipper today? In this role, you'll give a monthly donation to support the ministry of Equip. And as an Equipper, you'll receive insider benefits such as a bi-weekly email that contains pastoral messages prepared just for you. Become an Equipper today by calling 888-644-4144 or go to EquipRadio.org. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I need your help, if you could, consider supporting us so that we can finish the year strong. Currently, as we stand here, we're in the last two months of this year. God has been so faithful and so good to us. Uh, As we approach the end of November, we're about $7,000 away from our monthly 
budgeted goal for this month. And so I'm humbly asking for you to stand with us who have been blessed by this program. Can you help to make today a Giving Monday? We're asking for friends to consider giving who maybe have never supported the program before, or maybe you have, and you've been so blessed that you love to do it again. Your gift of any amount will help us to remain faithful to our goal of equipping Christians to more effectively live, share, and defend their faith, but it will also help us to dream big about the year that is ahead, about how we can most effectively take on the tough issues of our culture with relevant and biblical answers. So can you call now at 888-644-4144? Again, we're about $7,000 away from our goal, and we Still have uh, about half of the month left, so we can get there, but we do need your help. Your gift of $25 or $50 or $100 or $500 or even $1,000 can help us to get there today. Again, let's make today a Giving Monday, 888-644-4144. I wonder if several friends can call right now. That would be such an encouragement. I'll also make sure I say thank you for your generosity, 888-644-4144, or go to equipradio.org. Today, my guest is Nick Tucker. Nick is the bishop, uh, I'm sorry, the vicar of Bishop Hannington uh, Church. He's also uh, taught uh, theology and Christian doctrine at Oak Hill Theological uh, College as well, and has written a wonderful book, 12 Things God Cannot Do and How They Can Help You Sleep at Night. We're taking your calls, praying for you as well today. Nick, one of the things that kids all over will be looking forward to in a few weeks is Christmas. And uh, for, for many kids, it's the joy and the excitement of being surprised on Christmas morning with maybe uh, a toy they've been wanting or a gift or a present they've been hoping and dreaming about. But one of the chapters you write in your book is about the fact that God can't be surprised. Why should that give me comfort and peace? Well, I, I think um, I think one of the things I mentioned a moment, all of us have, have lived in the last few years through pretty drastic changes of plan. I had in, uh, you know, um, April of 2020, I had a lot of, lot of things in my diary, um, a lot of promises I'd made to be in places and to do things, uh, but uh, circumstances changed. I was rather surprised by this pandemic that came along, uh, and suddenly I wasn't able to be in the places I said I'd be. I wasn't able to see the people I said I'd see. But God doesn't experience that. There is no, There are no surprises for him. He knows everything. The, the future and the past are the same as the present to him because he dwells outside of time. Uh, and so when he makes a promise, he knows he can keep it. Uh, and there are no surprises coming along. They're going to mean that he has to say, well, actually, you know, I didn't see that. I, I, I wasn't expecting that. It just means I can't do what I said I'd do for you. You know, his promises of salvation, his promises of blessing and uh, of eternal life. There's nothing that's coming in my life that will catch him out and make him say, ah, yeah, no, hadn't hadn't counted on that. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, you know, and that also gives us a great picture of heaven. I like to say it this way. Uh, Heaven is not anxious, nor is it uh, anxiety-filled. Jesus is not pacing the floor. God is not surprised. And it's important for us to remember that. 
in particular when we are caught off guard, when we're surprised by life's yeah. unexpected, uninvited, unwanted moments, we then mm. need to be reminded all the more that God cannot be surprised. He knew the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning, and uh, he is faithful through it all, which leads me to another chapter that I love in your book. You know, when we get married, oftentimes we do it with tremendous hopefulness that the person we're marrying will be wonderful. And we hear those vows, Nick, when we're at the altar, for better or for worse, and sickness and health, and richer or poor. But I think most of us, when we're young, all we hear is better, health, (laughs) richer. Like we don't hear any of the other stuff. And so then, because we experience life in time sequence, um, we get hit by something maybe that we didn't expect again, that causes us to change our minds. And uh, and it's sad because you see that happen in so many marriages. But yet God can't change his mind. Why should that bring us comfort? Well, I think you've, you've just answered your own question in the sense that, you know, God, when God makes a promise, he, he's, he's not going back on it because there's nothing in the universe that he doesn't already know. So there's no new information for him to receive so he thinks oh yeah when i said that i didn't know that you were going to turn out to be like this and he knows us he knows us already perfectly he knows the whole of our lives he knows the end from the beginning so um you know he there's nothing outside him to cause him to change his mind and because he is in his in his very self he's absolutely perfect he has every good thing every uh quality that is worth having god already has to the maximum and so all good things come from him and uh, and because of that, there's nothing inside him that's going to change. You know, any change for God would be changed for the worse, and he's not going to change for the worse because he doesn't want to. Uh, and so he, um, he, you know, he is he is he's not going to change because of something inside himself. He's not going to change because of something outside himself. Because as we've said, he can't be surprised. There's nothing for him to learn. Uh, and so when he makes a promise, he'll never go back on it. Uh, and it and it's wonderful the the bits of scripture that that tell us that uh, God doesn't change his mind or he can't change his mind uh, are, are always moments where he says you know i'm not like a human being so i don't change my mind so you will not be destroyed because i keep my promises wow. even when you know you don't live up to what i've asked you to do i still keep my promises because i love you well one of those bits of scripture that you just referenced is first samuel fifteen twenty nine. you reference it in uh your chapter on the fact that god can't change. And you say this, or scripture says this rather, you just uh, quoted it. It says, he who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a human being that he should change his mind. I love that. That is written so, so powerfully and so clearly. And for me, it's always been one of the um, maybe simplest ways for me to argue for eternal security or to uh, trust in God's ability to not only save me, but preserve me in salvation. It's the fact that he saved me knowing me. Uh, He he redeemed me knowing all about me and uh, therefore won't have to change his mind. How does that um, maybe bolster our confidence in his love for us and in our salvation. 
Well, to go back to to your illustration of of marriage, I think when we, you know, when, when any of us enters into a marriage, there are probably bits of us, um, little dark corners of our hearts that we hope our spouse will never find, and um, you know, things that, you know, the sort of darkest thoughts that maybe you know we try and kind of keep below the surface and, and all that kind of thing. Bits of ourselves that are aren't are you know we just don't think if anyone knew that about me they wouldn't love me how could they love me and yet we have this sort of desperate desire to be loved and uh, and to be known uh, and the fact that god knows me intimately he knows me perfectly you know david talks in in, in psalm 139 doesn't he about how you know even before a, a word is on my tongue lord you know it completely and you you saw my unformed body when it was woven together in the depths of the earth you know there's nothing about me that God doesn't know intimately and perfectly, and yet astonishingly, he he says that he loves me, uh, and and loves me enough to send his son to die for me, uh, and so, you know, in that sense, as you say, when God when God took me on, when God when God rescued me, uh, and um, you know called me to Himself, uh, He knew what He was getting, uh, even if I didn't <laughs> know what He was getting. Yes. Yeah, you know, even if there are things yes. about me that that, that that come up and I and surprise me, and I think, goodness, I thought I was better than that. Um, actually, you know, God knew, uh, and He loves me, and He who began a good work in you is able to bring it to completion, which is a great comfort, isn't it? A great encouragement. Man, what an encouragement this book is! And if ever there was a generation that needed the reminders that Nick is bringing to the forefront, it is this generation that is so marked by anxiety and questions and the unanswered uh, challenges of life. And thank God that Nick has undertaken the challenge of reminding us of God's character and his greatness. And, and by doing so, helping a generation to experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that our hearts so desperately long for. Friends, I'm going to take our third and final break of the day. But these breaks are really just opportunities for you to learn more about our guests as well as the resource. Why don't you go to our website, equipradio.org. That's equipradio.org. There you'll find ordering information. If you click on today's program details, there you also learn more about Nick Tucker, the author of today's resource. Friends, I want to say thank you for helping to turn today into a Giving Monday. Thanks to Michelle from St. Petersburg, Florida. Thank you to Johnny from Northport, Alabama. Thank you to Jennifer, Coral Springs, Florida, and Nancy in McHenry, Illinois. Today, can you help us by calling 888-644-4144 with your most generous year-end tax-deductible gift. We'll be right back. Equippers, thank you for your faithful monthly support. Please don't miss our Zoom webinar coming up this Thursday, November 17th, right after the program. You should have received an email detailing how to sign up for this interactive face-to-face meeting. If you are not an Equipper and want to attend, become a monthly partner by calling 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Grateful for those of you who are calling in. Also, those of you who are connecting with us through Facebook and other venues. We're going to pray for those of you who are struggling 
with sleeplessness. There are many who are. And before I let Nick go, I want to ask him if he'd be willing to pray for those who are struggling with that, with insomnia, those who may have other challenges, just being able to sleep and rest at night. I believe book uh, uh, Nick's book uh, is designed to really help us with that. Hey, quickly, if you are a monthly partner and you have not yet registered for this uh, week's uh, Zoom webinar, I want to encourage you to do so. Our Zoom webinars are quarterly opportunities for me to have these intimate gatherings for critical conversations with our monthly partners to encourage your heart and remind you of God's word. The topic for this week is going to be the Christian in politics. Yes, we're going to reflect on uh, the election that just took place, the voting that just took place. Most of it has been processed. Some of it will be concluded over the next uh, day or so as they tabulate results. But there are four topics that I'm really interested in that I hope you are as well. What does this most recent election mean for the sanctity of life? We're going to talk about that. What about sexuality and identity? We're going to talk about that. What about religious liberty and public worship or public expression of faith? We're going to talk about that. And then what is this election that we just had? What is it? What are the implications on education and parental rights? These are the four topics we're going to talk about. There's a lot of data being written on these four topics, a lot of implications from this recent election. And uh, Christians need to have wisdom as we navigate in this fallen world, at the same time trying to remain faithful and bear witness to Christ and, uh, and to call a world to his grace and to his salvation, just know that while the ballot box has some power, it doesn't have ultimate power. So be encouraged and make sure you register. You do not want to miss this upcoming Zoom webinar. Find out more uh, if you want to by calling 877-LIVE-675. Our team can give you registration information if you're a monthly partner. If you're not a monthly partner, it is so easy to become one. All you have to do is go to our website and uh, equipradio.org, at equipradio.org. Nick uh, Tucker is my guest. He's written a book, 12 Things God Can't Do, and how they can help you sleep at night. Nick, I want to end with my favorite thing that God can't do, and that is God can't lie. Why Mm. should that bring us such hope? Because God is perfectly good, uh, and his truthfulness is uh, the thing that's right there at the very beginning of uh, the the story of the universe. He speaks, and reality just has to come into being, because he cannot speak, and it's untrue. So what God says must come to pass, which is a great, great encouragement uh, you know, in a, in a in a chaotic and broken world, yes. to know that um, actually God's promises will come true, but also He He, you know, to t- to lie is an act of violence. It is to take mm. the truth away from somebody, uh, mm. and um, and actually, you know, God is not. So it's fascinating, isn't it, when Jesus talks about um, uh, Satan as the father of lies. He says he's been a liar and a murderer from the beginning, uh, and um, God is the one who gives life, not the one who delights in taking yes. it away. He is the this, one who gives beautifully. So, yeah. This is why we have confidence that the Bible is the word of God. And uh, mm. I love what the psalmist says about God's word. 
and said, the psalmist says in Psalm 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. I love that. What a reminder of the integrity of our God and why we can trust his word. Nick, I'm so grateful for this time we've had together to explore your wonderful book, to commend it to many, to add to uh, their library. But as I've been saying throughout, there are many who are sleepless, restless, lacking peace because maybe of losing sight or not even knowing the greatness of God. Before you leave, could you quickly say a prayer for those who are listening? Yeah, please. Thank you. That's I'm honored to. Let's pray. Psalm 121 says this, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Gracious Father, your word tells us that you give sleep to those you love. We thank you that we can sleep in safety and in peace because you are watching and your gaze is never turned away. So, Father, for those who are struggling with anxiety and with sleeplessness, who lay awake with anxious thoughts racing through their minds, I pray that by your Holy Spirit you will give them grace to trust in your goodness, to actually lay their heads down and to know that you are in control and you are good and that you can be trusted. Thank you that your son Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Father, we pray that rest for brothers and sisters desperately in need of it tonight. Father, thank you for that promise of the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And we pray that for those in need today. In Jesus' name, amen. Nick Tucker was my guest today. And Nick, you are a blessing, brother. Thank you for your labor of love in writing this book that blesses our hearts. And thanks for carving out this hour to be with me today. God bless you, Nick. Uh, Bless you too. Thanks so much. 12 Things God Can't Do and How They Can Help You Sleep at Night. I want to encourage you to get a copy. Go to our website, equipradio.org. I also want to say thanks to those of you who have been generously giving throughout this program. As I stated earlier, we are about $7,000 away from our budgeted goal for this month with just about half the month left. So we need your help. Can you stand with us? Some uh, giving Uh, at a $50 level, some giving at a $500 level, all doing our best. But can you call today, 888-644-4144? Certainly need friends who can uh, give generously today, 888-644-4144. And as always, you know, we appreciate you. Well, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.
Christians live relevant in today's world? This is Chris Brooks, and I'm looking forward to taking your questions and hearing your perspective as we talk over several key items as Christ followers facing today's culture. We're going to combine critical thinking with biblical truth as we take your calls on Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central on the Moody Radio app or EquipRadio.org. 